was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Hello and welcome to Alienation, the Newcomer Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny, and joining me today is my brother and fellow co-host, Michael. Hello, everybody. All right, today we're going to be discussing Episode 5, The Takeover. It originally aired on October 16th, 1989. It was directed by Steve Dubin and written by Tom Chihok. This is the episode summary. Due to the series of riots throughout Los Angeles, George and Sykes are the only ones left in the precinct to answer calls dispatch cops, and so forth. As Susan visits the precinct, bringing George his lunch and retrieving his dirty uniform to be cleaned, a truck pulls up outside with a group of male humans and a female newcomer who are planning to rob the valuable contraband being held as evidence within the now near-empty precinct. Sykes is called out on an emergency and the gang moves in, taking Susan hostage and stealing over $10 million in drugs as well as a canister of gas used by the overseers to control the slaves aboard the ship. The Tectonese female has found that the gas works on humans as well and hopes to take over the planet with its use. Yo, George, let's move. You're not going anywhere. We are to hold down the fort. Uh, that's his job? Come on. Hold it. Because of the ongoing trouble, i.e. Los Angeles burning, I feel I can best serve the city by attending the chief's crisis control meeting. Okay, so find somebody else who wants to sit behind a desk. We're hitting the streets. There is no one else. What are you talking about? The place is crawling with pencil push... End of discussion. Now, if you'll excuse me, the chief has scheduled a briefing in less than an hour. Oh, and he's expecting you. There's a riot going on, Sykes. I'm not sitting around here waiting for an invitation. For this episode, the cast was really, really small. I mean, it was a very self-contained kind of little episode. We've had a similar episode, though, where there was only four or five characters in the whole whole episode. But for the main cast, we had Jeff Marcus, who plays Albert Einstein. We have Eric Pierpoint as Detective George Francisco. Ron Fashler as Captain Brian Grazer. Lawrence Hilton Jacobs as Sergeant Dobbs. Gary Graham, of course, as Detective Matt Sykes. And Michelle Scarabelli as Susan Francisco. And that is it. I know, no Uncle Mudry. So bummed. <laughs> no kids, no Uncle Mudry, nothing. No. I know. And they show them in the credits all the time, too. You know, and, yeah. But they're never there. <laughs> Our guest cast, Gwyneth Walsh. As Diana Illyria, Jitu Kambuka as Andrew Craig, Charlie Lang as Kenny Dunstan, Tracy Walter as Tom Molden, Michael Fairman as McKnight, Will Egan as Harry Dundee, and finally Camila Griggs as Leticia Rosario. Very good. All right. It's funny. I think the cast, the guest cast, was bigger than the main cast. It was, actually. (laughs) There were more guests. And a little more difficult to pronounce. (laughs) Jeez. Sorry if I butchered anybody's name. I got him printed and I threw his personals on my desk. Yes, fine. What do you mean, yes, fine? Hey, Sykes, get a life. He's got a phone call coming. Don't forget. I have a very keen memory. You remember we clean our own fish around here. You're my partner, George, not his. Partner. Yes, I am your partner, not your trained seal. We are stuck here, so what difference does it make if I process this man so Dobbs can go home and take a well-deserved bath? However, if you two continue to hover around me, oozing that body odor, I may very well lose whatever self-control I have left and throw you both through an open window. I'm out of here. 
Grazer says, I have a bad attitude. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about this episode. This was probably one of my favorites, and I know among the cast and creators, it is not one of their favorites. So why is it your favorite? I want to know right off the bat. Tell me why this is your favorite I, episode. I, I'm a huge George and Susan fan. I like their relationship. I think they're a very loving couple, and it was cool to see that. And you get a lot and of in this it. episode, you get truly that they're truly bonded. I mean, they are totally in love with each other. I don't know the you know him being in danger first and the her being in danger. There's some combination that just really it spoke to me. Yeah, and he and he disregards for his own safety. Oh, in a know. heartbeat, so he was willing to die for her. I can see that. Okay, so um, that's why I like it. Now I know the the network Fox is the one that told them that they wanted an action episode, so that's why this one was written. And honestly, if you you technically can put this in any cop show, this this episode. If there were no aliens involved, and these are just regular humans, that story could have been told in any of the current cop shows. Oh, yeah. We can give a little background on it. Uh, the riots. There's riots going on in L.A. Yes. And um, the police station is very – they're thin with um, Oh, yeah. Everyone's officers. out on call. Right. So poor George and Matt and Albert Einstein oh, are the only three left at the precinct. Yeah. Oh, and also... Uh, There's a few guys, but yeah. they get killed instantly, so... <laughs> yeah, that's why they have no names, because they're, you know, you're going to have someone there to, you know, yeah, to, to take die. out. Right, so... Um, but I guess it's... Uh, something that intrigued me about it right off the beginning, you know, because you know how when they um, they blink, they have a, a cold? Mm -hmm. And he was wiping his nose, and I, I, you know, he kept covering his nose. I thought it was something, you know, I'm waiting for something different, but no, he's just... They're really in, in tune for a sense of smell. Yeah. yeah. And I guess uh, since people are doing triple shifts... The human people are smelling really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that enhanced smelling that they have. Right. But uh, for this story, I mean, it's very simple. It's really just this story. It's the riots are happening. You know, they're in the background. Oh, I guess you have uh, Brian Grazer, the captain, going to the meeting. That's a whole funny, that's a whole different, uh, you know, we can go off on that one too. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, there are the riots, that's the backstory, the main story that's happening. And then you have... The Brian and his fellow, you know, pencil pusher. Yeah, do you want to go into that right now? No, not right now. Weird. There's that story, <laughs> and then there's the whole George, you know, and the station being attacked. But I mean, the station being attacked is the big main story that runs throughout the whole, the whole thing. Well, it starts off too with um, George is getting overwhelmed with phone calls. Yes, Detective Francisco. Yeah. Is the gunman still there? Ah, well, then I'm afraid all I can do is just write down the information. No, I can't say that you ever frustrated me. Yes, may I have your name? <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Sykes, it's for you. I'm going to grab another phone. Hang on. Uh, could you please hold on one minute? Yes, thank you. This is Detective Francisco. You know, and Matt's getting uh, this. He's Matt's getting, being Matt. <laughs> but that's so why we love frustrating. Matt. Frustrating. No, he's so frustrating. That's why we love Matt. No, okay? it's frustrating. He's getting a call from an ex-flame. Yes, uh, Letitia. Yeah, and uh, you know, and everybody else is calling, and George is just going, Matt. You know, he goes, he answers the call. Hello. Oh, it's for you. <laughs> doesn't even you know doesn't even ask who it is, and George is like. You know, really? Come on, man. Give yeah. me some help here. So yeah. it starts off like that, and you can see the frustration in George's face as Matt has his feet up on the desk, and he's just relaxing and talking and having a good ca uh, casual conversation. That's why I love Matt. See? <sighs> I love Matt. So annoying. So annoying. <laughs> but uh, soon things, you know, take a turn for the worse. Matt, uh, this girl who uh, it was a former flame, 
is having someone um, stalk her or threaten her with a knife. Yes. Cut her. And she's scared. And Matt, you know, instead of saying a cop, he's like, oh, it's only a few blocks away. I'll go handle it myself. Where are you going? Some guy wants to hack up an old girlfriend of mine. I'll dispense your black and white. There aren't any. It's just down the block. I'll handle it. Matthew, I can't handle this alone. Albert's a gold mine. I'll be cleaning the toilets. You know, because they got to get Matt out of the picture. Right. And so, of course, he's irresponsible and has no kind of, you know, loyalty to the station. He takes off and leaves poor George there by himself. No, Albert's here. He answers phones, remember? <laughs> yes, he, he does. He told Matt he's really good at answering phones. <laughs> That's and right. How did he answer the phone? Do you remember? I'm very good at answering the telephones and taking messages. Go for it. Hello, police department. Albert, the janitor speaking. Yeah, and Matt and grabbed Matt. the phone right away. Like, Whoa. <laughs> so that was that was funny. Yeah, I, I had to laugh on that. Yeah, but um, so these people attack the station, and poor Susan is in the lockers, spraying Matt's locker down with air freshener because it's. Well, she first is there to well, give she's George there. some lunch, yes. like you said, to show you the you know compassion for her partner when yeah, she's yeah. there to bring him lunch and she, you know help him out. And oh, I love the little interaction. I like the little interaction when because uh, he's you know as Michael said, George is frustrated right. by belief and he's snapping a little bit at Susan. And as she leaves, he says, "I love you," and he goes to to touch her head. And she you know because they touch the the temple to show so the love, right? And for her, she said, "Yeah, right." And she kind of punches him <laughs> in the temple, so it's kind of like a hard kiss. <laughs> In the head, and I just love that scene. It was because just, his reaction is like, "Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, he it was a cute thing, but yeah, I was like, maybe expected. maybe I was was a little yeah. overboard, you know." Yeah. So. I brought you some leftover bladder and some lobes. I'm not hungry. Did you bring the air freshener? Will you eat? You look exhausted. Is there any reason why it took you two hours to get here today? I'm sorry. Buck took his time bringing the car home, and traffic was terrible. Buck was out joyriding in the car while I am breathing vaporized garbage. Just tell me how to talk with him. George, I think I'm just going to get your clothes out of your locker. Nice. And get up here. Detective Francisco. Well, I... Yes, yes. I will take... Fill out a report, and I will send an officer uh, when he is available. Ma'am, I am sorry. Uh, perhaps an hour. Could you please hold one moment? I'm sorry. It'll be over soon. No, Svalad. Pim to vote. No, Svalad. So uh, I really like that scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the story makes sense to me. I mean, if there's a riot going on, take advantage of it and go raid an evidence locker. Yeah, and this person got arrested on purpose, knowing yep. that there was hardly anybody at the station. Well, yeah, because remember, because Dobbs was getting off, and he's like, this idiot had to go mug someone right, right in front, in front of, of me. Right. right in front of the station. Right in front of the station. Hey, damn it, Sykes. I'm coming off of a triple shift. I'd be home right about now if this cowboy hadn't tried to mug somebody in front of the station. Should have thought of that before you busted him. So, I mean, he knew what he was doing. He wanted to be arrested to have an inside connection and i was kind of you know like what's going on and my brother goes oh, i know it because i it's yeah, been a yeah, while yeah. since i saw yeah, this I've, i watch these probably every five years the entire series right back you know back and forth all of it and i know it's been a while since you've seen the thing so he was he's like watching it for the first time he he knows bits and pieces of it but he doesn't know everything he's like he's like what are they after what are they going after I'm yeah like, all of a sudden a flashback hits yeah. me. i remember that you know but yeah. it was kind of uh you know how they did it was really they did a good job you know yeah, wait till I everybody's mean, gone yeah, I mean, I mean, we were even commenting about when one of the uh, cops gets shot, 
and he, he hits the wall and falls to the ground, and then they pan to him on the ground. And I'm like, oh my god, there's blood splatter. I mean, they were really detailed. This well, the first cop you hear, oh, and I'm like, come and on, off I, and then he left. Yeah. Ca- come on, I want to see something. Give me something. No, he was off camera. <laughs> but yeah, but at least you hear him get cut, you know, shot. But, but the, the other guy, one, yeah, they did really good. I the think blood they did really well splatter with the on blood. the wall. Yeah, because those little details that you hardly ever see. Someone gets sliced by a knife or shot, and you and then you see their body, and there's like no blood. There's nothing wrong with them. Well, this guy got shot by a gun the size of wow. It was like a little Tommy <laughs> gun. Yeah, it made should have made big holes inside of them. So that's why it was a big splat. Yeah, but um, yeah, the the guy had one phone call. So I guess when this phone call is when he called them. Yep. To come down to the and station. He reported. No, he reported who was there. Right. All right. Since I called you, we've lost one detective. Dispatching the desk of the Good. Backup generator's right on schedule. There's probably two or three more in the building. They don't leave. We've got 20 minutes. Let's use them well. Right. You know, right. There was one here, one there. Because you saw when he was bringing in by Dobbs, he was looking around all over the place, just kind of like scoping it out. I mean, it was well planned, the whole thing. Of course, he gets killed by the newcomer woman. Yeah, that's... that's but, yeah. that I mean... <laughs> you know, because uh, poor Albert gets shot. Luckily, newcomers have two hearts. Um, because... He gets shot in the heart in one of his hearts. It's a good thing we have two hearts. Just lie still. What's going on? What happened? Someone is trying to take over the station. Uh-huh. That explosion is probably the evidence locker. Oh, Albert, I've got to get you to a doctor. No, I'll be fine. You have to find Susan. Susan, she's still here. I tried to protect her. I'm sorry. Lie still. Leave me. Too easy to find. Uh, George uh, George winds up using Albert kind of as bait to capture Kenny, one of the bad guys who was originally arrested and put into jail. He was the one, the mastermind behind. Yes, he was the mastermind the whole thing. So George had him, and then poor Susan got captured by this horrible newcomer woman. See, and I thought she was an overseer because she had a watch on it. Uh, we, we, we were waiting for it. We kept waiting. Yeah, we kept waiting, but she she wound up. Not she had the mannerisms and everything. Oh, yeah. I'm like, she was vicious. She's an overseer, right? Yeah, yeah, she was vicious, and uh, she wound up catching Susan. So it was like a you know obviously the typical standoff. He had Kenny, she had Susan. I want you to lock your hands behind your head and get on your knees. Why don't you do the same? Stay there! How long do you think this is going to last? Shift will be over in a few minutes. Let her go. Don't be stupid. Get in the van! Stay or he is dead! All right, let me go. She'll let go of your wife. That is the only deal you're going to get. Let her go. She's a lot more valuable than he is. The look on poor Kenny's face. He like knew, he knew it. it. I'm done. And she shot him. Well, the, and then she shot George, and him. He got like, I love. He got blown back. So poor Kenny got shot by the same gun, and just he, you know went over in pain and fell over. George gets shot by the same gun and goes through the back door. Maybe the round had extra powder. In it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just now thinking about that as I'm reliving it in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. 
Well, that guy didn't. It's for the effect. Come on, right? Oh no, it worked <laughs> because then it's a slow mo. It's one of my favorite scenes when Susan's yelling George in slow motion as she's getting dragged away by that woman. Well, and the backstory to that is she finds this canister in the evidence department. Oh, that's right. We didn't mention that. She finds this canister in the evidence department, and um, her she whole smells she, it. She totally, yeah, she totally changes right away. Yeah. You can tell she's like. I don't need any of these guys as long as I have this canister. Shouldn't need anything. No yeah, gun, everybody's no expendable. I can yeah. just as long as I have this canister. That's all she wanted was the canister. And let him explain. I'll let my brother explain to you what this canister is. Yeah, they call it the holy gas, and I'm not going to say it in Tinkanese because I will butcher it. <laughs> but it is called the holy gas, and it's what the overseers would pump into the ships to keep everyone subdued. It controlled them, and it's almost like an addiction because they live with it all their lives on that ship. So That's it all they know. Part of the air, right? So. Even just a small trace of it around, they can smell it because it's so – just takes you right back. And her thought process was to control oh, – yeah. have an army. Yep. You know, a nuke, a, an alienation. An al- yeah, she even mentions it. Which is awesome. I'm going, oh, the yeah. title, alienation. <laughs> you know? She said she'd have an army of alienation. I go, she, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Oh my God, it's nice how they slipped the name of the series in there. With this, I can control an alienation. I can control the whole damn planet. It's an army that'll do what I say when I tell them. It's like being... Please, on soon. Yeah. An overseer. So that's why that... That's where... So that's where that story starts standoff. turning to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so what happens is, uh, you know, Susan gets kidnapped by this... this these three people, they, of course, there's rioting, they hit a car, they break down, and um, they're in some abandoned warehouse, and they start fighting. Just forget the van. We don't need it. I can get it fixed. Hey, I've we... got the parts. I've got the tools. Hey, I can you... do it. Just give me a half hour. Well, you don't got... you understand? The van is not important hey, man. anymore. The can is all that we need. Everything is in there. We can't just leave it. Yeah. And, of course, when they start fighting, Susan's a smart woman. She's like, I'm out of here. She grabs the canister and kind of sneaks off away from him. George has already found him, and um, uh, Matt got to him also through Albert, because Albert, remember, because he was standing next to Matt when Letitia gave him her address. The address, And he right. remembered it. So he went to Matt, he went to Letitia's house. With a bull hole. With a bull hole in his heart. Yeah, remember. Yeah, I mean. In, in his chest. Yeah. What are you doing here? What happened? The station. George, I can't, I can't. It's okay, Albert, just take it easy, take it easy, you'll be fine. George is the only one left. George, what what are you talking about? So much has happened. He needs you. Yeah, he had plenty of uh, Pepto-Bismol coming out all over the place. Yeah, Pepto-Blood, Pepto. All over the place. Yep. But he managed to find Matt and told the story to Matt, and Matt got him hospital, which is great. I'm glad they at least you know mentioned it. Because I'm like, poor Albert, because you know, George just leaves him. George, when Susan well, gets taken, George is like, you stay here until the next team that comes. You can't go alone. Albert, you are hurt. I will be all right. George, I want to help. Stay here. Inform the watch what happened. All right, George. Albert, if something should happen... Be with the children. I will, George. You know, don't mind the hole in your heart, but you just stay here. I'm going to go after Susan. Well, I mean, that's his wife, though. Like you said, I that understand. goes to show you where I and, that I'm, bond of their, you know. But, I know. But I'm like you. I mean, George at least stay. call I mean, 911. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, Albert uh, looks stable. So, I mean. He, did he? he, he <laughs> 
Yeah. Did he? He was losing quite <laughs> a bit of let's, Pepto. Let's be real. Yeah. We had to go to the liquor store and buy another <laughs> bottle and inject it in him. I felt bad for the poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. But he wound up saving or helping. He actually probably wound up saving George from oh, getting yeah. killed because he got Matt to help. And then obviously Albert called Dobbs when he was in the hospital and got Dobbs, Dobbs to come So it was down. the three main guys, three main cops, which is cool to see Dobbs because we don't see Dobbs a lot. He's normally in the precinct inside the office doing something. We don't actually see him in the field much. Yeah, you got to see. At least not yet. You got to see Dob and Brian, the captain. Yeah, Brian, the captain. Yeah, Brian we haven't talked Moore. about that story no. yet. We'll yeah, so so that. yeah, we'll yeah we'll definitely go back to that one. So this story continues. Uh, unfortunately, Susan is trying to bang the canister to open it, and I'm thinking she's addicted to the drug because it just reminds her of of uh, Michael's uh, doing high fives <laughs> and patting himself on the back. <laughs> I think this valve would help. How'd you know? How could any of us forget the smell on the ship? Seems like we breathed it for a lifetime. Celia, there's nothing holy about it. They controlled us with this. It reduced us to rope. He got it. I thought she was trying to break it so she can sniff it or just get the high from it. Because she's so used to it. Because that's, she, yeah, because it becomes part of their system. And Mike's like, no, I think it's because she wants to get rid of it. She's trying to destroy it. And during the speech, that's what she, she calls it a hell, hell something, hell gas or. Yeah, it's hell or something. The other one said, you know, because the, the bad newcomer woman is saying how she can control. This is when she mentions alienation and she can control mankind and everybody with this. Right. You know, it's it's great. And Susan's saying, no, it's hell. And and so that's why she was trying to break it to release She's it. trying to destroy it. Trying Correct. to destroy it. Yep. But unfortunately, you have to have a little nozzle and she didn't have that. And the newcomer woman did and she sprayed Susan with it. And the next thing, well, we don't know that. Allegedly. Yeah, we don't know because all we know is Susan running at George with a gun trying to kill him. Well, so we assume she's under control. She's actually, it's weird because, you know, she's sitting there calm with the gun yeah. in her hand. And, George and the music in the background is all tranquil. Uh, you know, and George is like, he's ducking around, Susan, <laughs> Susan. You know, and she stands up and walks calmly and yeah. raises, boom, raises the gun and starts shooting. He goes, oh, you know. Susan. Instantly, no. You see him sniffing the air. Eventually, yeah, he, he goes. So he oh, realizes, he knows. and yeah. he, and he's telling Dobbs and Matt because they show up, going, yeah, yeah we, you know, we yeah, got to stop the yeah. woman who's controlling. Don't her. shoot her. What if yeah. she shoots? What do you do? What do you mean? You know, yeah. what if that was your wife? He tells uh, Dobbs, Dobbs that, that. I believe. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, yeah. we have. To so get the woman in that the end, um, they wound up shooting the canister and uh, uh, subduing the woman. Susan gets rescued, and all is happy and. Everybody's great, except for uh, Brian, which now we'll go back to his story. His storyline was he uh, he's obviously the chief of that district. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's captain he's of captain. that district. And he's full of himself. He's like a little Napoleon, little guy. With, Very arrogant. Yeah. But he did this thesis, his college thesis about 
some war, I don't know what war Russian something, something war. I'm going down there to confer with my colleagues on tactical procedures. Wait a minute, tactical procedures? You're not pulling out that thesis again. This thesis graduated me from college with honors. It's a bunch of numbers and charts. It has nothing to do with what's going on in the streets. Oh, Napoleon's Russian defeat has nothing to do with what's going on? Well, I beg your pardon, Mr. History means nothing. But the lessons the French army taught us about deployment of troops and supplies can be very useful to a modern police force under riot conditions. Of course. There are obvious parallels. I don't kiss up to him. He can kiss up to him anytime he likes. I wasn't kissing up anyone. Anyways, he's like, this will work. This will We're stop strategies the riots. Or, yeah, we'll stop the riots. And So he goes to this meeting where I guess all of the head honcho, you know... From around Los Angeles, I would yeah, think. Yeah, all of the Different precincts, precincts right. are all coming together to try to strategize on what to do. And, of course, the very first scene, he's like, how do I get in on this uh, agenda? And the one of the other guys says, oh, there's the lunch guy. Just go order He's taking lunch, lunch, right. And he's taking orders for lunch. He's yeah. like, oh. Anything happened yet? Chief's coming down at 11. A fire battalion got peppered with small caliber gunshots over on wheat. Looks like a revolution's breaking out at the scene. How do I get on the agenda? Start with the guy wearing the bow tie. He's taking orders for lunch. Perfect. And then, and then the next scene is them getting their lunches and him complaining that he's not getting the right lunch. And Excuse me. This isn't right. <laughs> I ordered the lobster salad. Someone have my lobster salad? Yeah, yeah he'd, he'd have his lobster salad and he had a steak in front of him. And, and poor Matt and those guys are banging be, on I know. vending <laughs> machines to get juju beans and junior mitts. So well, I just give the poor George is, you know, being hunted down in his precinct as he's complaining about his lobster salad. That goes to show you, like my brother said, the brass. You know, you yes. have this higher echelon There's of the people. Definitely a line there. Between, you have your common police officer who are all out there trying, the to, riot, yeah, trying to stop this. Yeah. <laughs> Some of that stuff's kind of funny to me, though. It, oh, no, it's really funny. It just goes to show you, like you said, the, the line that's drawn in between. The and the guy's up. like a butler that serves him. He's in a tux, oh, and, yeah. he's in a, tux and a white shirt. It's very and, nice. It's, it's like a little party right, we are having. Yeah, yeah. Very, very sophisticated. But, I, but I, I do admit that Brian does kind of save himself because when he gets the message that his precinct is under attack, which is probably like an hour after it all happened. Oh, my God. Why didn't I get this earlier? What are you doing? No problem at my division. Oh, wait a minute. you got to deliver this report. My division's in trouble, McKnight. What would you do? Well, first I'd consider the city. And then I'd give that report to somebody with a... A mind like yours, somebody who could get it out, get it working. Oh, no, 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 I couldn't. Oh, come on, we've been talking about it all morning. You'll do fine. If they have any questions, you know who to have them call. And he even says, why didn't I get this earlier? Right. And the other guy he's been talking about the strategy, his strategy, his whole thesis too. You know, he's like, I got to get back to my precinct. And, and McKnight, know, that's the guy. McKnight, yeah, McKnight is this other, I don't know what he is. Probably another captain of some that's sort of a precinct. Sitting. Yeah. And uh, Brian's like, well, here, you can present this. You can present my thesis, strategy and right. thesis to this group. And you already know we've been talking about it all Give day. Give me questions. Just call me up if you have any questions. It's all great. And he's like, but I got to get back to my precinct and help my guys. And he does, which is, that's, uh, I mean, that to me shows that he is a good captain. I mean, yeah, he has that, that side to he him. He should have just, he could have said, no, I, I need to, you know, this is my thing. I want to present it. And, but he didn't. He passed it on Went to back. another guy, trusting him that he would do the right thing. And then, you know, and he and when he gets there, he confronts the woman with Susan, you know, 
having a gun held to her, not realizing that she's in her control, and he wants to exchange himself with her. Yes. So, I mean, he instantly, it's not even a question. He knows that that's George's wife, and he's going to go up and put his life on the line. So he goes up to her, and unfortunately, Susan's in control, you know, being controlled by her, and goes to the back and sees the cop in the back of the car, tells him to get out, you know, and then they get in the car, and that's when the canister is shot. <laughs> Can you imagine Brian going, really? I just had this plan, a elaborate I plan. I got someone stationed. I know it's Susan. <laughs> I got this. And then there's a cop in the back. <laughs> his look on his face like, wow, really? That just happened? Now we're really yeah. screwed. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's when they shoot the canister in the car, and all three of the people get sedate, sedated, and and that's where we find out it kind of does have an effect on humans. Yes, we do because uh, uh, Brian is actually acting kind of funny. Yeah, and, and Matt acts and, like, and Dobbs says, "Does this stuff work on humans?" And Matt's like, well, "Let's give it a try." And he tells Brian to stick put his, his foot in his mouth, and yeah. he's trying, <laughs> and, he, and he does it. And then, and then towards the end of the episode, we have uh, 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 Brian is still sitting there on the ground. And he's like, hey, why don't we all go get tattoos? And it's like, oh, that's funny. And then they're back at the precinct. Life is getting back to normal. And Brian's walking around just infuriated because this McKnight person presented this strategy, his thesis as his own. Right. And he's getting credit for it and getting credit to sa- for saving, for the, saving city the city. Because it worked. I want to find out what division McKnight is with. I want to know why everyone thinks my plan was his plan, why no one's called me, and who put him in charge. Brian's stuff actually worked. And he's scratching and he, his arm. Yeah, and he keeps rubbing <laughs> his arm, and you're like, uh-oh. We all know, because he had that little you know, thing at the beginning, let's all go get tattoos. See, and I kind of didn't. I kind of was going, oh, but Matt I'm going, what's he doing? You know? I'm going, what's face. going on? He keeps rubbing his arm and scratching it. it. But so the very last line is uh, uh, with him and Matt. He's like, you know, and sooner or later, somebody here is going to explain to me how I got this tattoo. And Matt just kind of smirks, and then the phone rings. And uh, he picks it up, and it's Letitia, and he's like, ooh, I like bubbles. And then it's all happy <laughs> music at the end, and that's how the episode ends. Uh, so overall, what did you think of the episode? I thought it was good. Like, like you said, um, you can incorporate that, take out the alien, and it's... It could have been any kind of It can be any, cop, any, show. any cop show. Yeah. Oh, and I also like, too, I, I saw, I noticed on the window, it had English, Spanish... Oh, yeah. And Tectonese. And Tectonese. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I like those little touches. During right. The, during, so it was at the very beginning during the writing, before the place explodes. And like like my brother says, it's nice because they they speak their language. You know, they mm-hmm. don't just always English. You know, when they have a <laughs> like a one on one conversation, they yeah. speak their Tectonese. And then seeing the the sign on the window, you know, English, Spanish, yeah. and Tectonese, because you're in Los Angeles. You know, yeah. it's a uh, yeah, you know? yeah. So it, it, it was kind of neat to see that it overall. Makes it, it makes it more. It makes you feel more immersed into the world. Yeah, into, into that world. Yes, because it's all they—they they take care of every little detail that you can even think of. I mean, they have billboard signs that are all in pink, titty. or there's that sign. Uh, we see only one color. Or no, what was the slogan for the cop? Yeah, we only the have one color: blue, blue. And there are pictures of you a know black cop, human, a yeah, white cop, yeah, and a Tectonese cop. And then there's a Tectonese cop. Yeah. I like those little touches; are just very cool. They did it. They this they did a good job with this episode. I do agree with my brother. It's it's up in my top. It was only 20 episodes, so it's definitely one of my top 20. I'll say top five. <laughs> it's definitely top 20. It's in my top, yeah, it's in my top 20. No, it's place. actually one of my favorite episodes. I like it. Even though it's not really, a, it doesn't really progress any of the, the human-alien relationship, 
because it's really just an action show. But that, but you but need you do that. find out about the gas. Right. We never knew, we never about, knew about that. So they do add a little bit of element of the alien element. So they're still it. progressing the story oh, a little bit. Definitely. But you do need this kind of good action oh, yeah. episode. So. Yeah. And after 15 with Wanda, this was a good follow-up, I think. Yeah, that was 15 with Wanda was just hilarious. That was a great episode. <laughs> I, I did like that. I, I'm not going to lie. That was, that, was, that was top two. Yeah. So. yeah. When, what's funny to me, when Matt's at Letitia's house... And, you know, she's telling him about you missed him. The guy was there last night. And um, he's laying underneath the window. Mm-hmm. And the window's open. And all of a sudden, the guy comes with, Letitia, I'm yeah. back. And I'm like, well, you know, that's kind of just ironic. It happens <laughs> at that moment. So he chases him down the fire escape, right? And the guy cuts Matt's arm, yeah. right? And then Matt gets him down and subdues him and gets him. He goes, I'm going to do police uh, brutality. And my brother's going, really? You just cut him with a, you got a yeah. <laughs> five-inch gash in his arm. You're going to do police, uh, police brutality. Yeah. And I thought that was just hilarious. Yeah. And at the very end of the episode, um, Captain Brian right. has a, a police report. Oh, you know, that's right. He's Dundee. All, who's, who's, Harry Dundee? who's Harry Dundee? Yeah. <laughs> and that's when Matt uh, realizes that <laughs> he calls Letitia and... Look outside your fire escape. <laughs> he's still there. <laughs> poor guy's been, yeah, because he handcuffed him to the fire escape. Yep. So he's been there for, I don't know, a day or two. day or two. Yeah. So he's still there. Yeah. That was very funny. Little Letitia. Uh, yeah. Hi. Uh, say, you remember that guy, Harry? Yeah, right. Uh, listen, do me a favor. Lean out your fire escape window. He is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna come over in a little bit. What's that? Ooh, I love bubbles. All right, it's time for our behind the scenes. First up, we have in the, this is something that my brother actually mentioned. In this episode, human body odor in close proximity results in irritability in newcomers. So this is actually they get a physical reaction. It's not just they're just annoyed. I mean, it really does like you like you said, they were covering their nose constantly because it just really irritates their sinuses and and it helped Susan out too and it helped uh, um, Albert cuz you can they're you can going smell it. They're, they're both going, you know, Albert's yeah, like yeah. and she's all she's sniffing and it's like I'm like, wow, they're like yeah, dog they, noses they or something, smell you know. Humans. Yeah, 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 yeah because when they were being attacked, right, they were the hiding, station. right. And Albert grabs Susan and he points to his nose and kind of points outward and she sniffs and she's like, "Oh, humans." Like she almost walked into him. Right. So yeah, so it was kind of neat. It definitely was... helps them in, in the long run. Yep. Also, Eric Pierpoint, George, often refers to this episode as the Bruce Willis episode in reference to Die Hard. Yeah, you know, because it's a hostage negotiation thing, and it's one man against all those bad and it's people, action packed, and it's action packed. So I mean, I can definitely see it being referred to as that. Uh, next up, we have a portion of this episode was actually filmed on a toxic dump. Uh, this is the whole last half when they're in the industrial park area. Okay. Um, what happened is they had planned to do four days of shooting there. But when they got there, there were actual signs that said toxic, do not, you know, prolonged exposure. It's, I mean, it's really bad stuff. You might really lose your hair and look <laughs> like, you know, so, if yeah. you stay there. So, so what they did is they went from four days and they shot that in two days because they wanted to get out of there so bad. So they got everything they wanted to do in two days rather than four days scheduled. Well, that'd be kind of scary. You think about it. Oh you yeah. Know? I mean, I've seen a few movies with you know toxic waste, and I'm just, I'm just not a big fan of it. You yeah. Know? Just yeah. something I, I wouldn't want to be doing. Yeah. Okay, and here's our last one. That was our last one here. We got a goof. Yep. We got a goof, and we saw it. And we saw it. It's funny. Let me. It's funny about this goof because my brother's talking to me about it, and he goes, 
and this is boom. And I go, oh my gosh, there yeah, it I is. Said, I so, said it like a few seconds before we actually saw it. Right. And I go, oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> there it is. So let me, uh, let me uh, elaborate on this a little. Yeah. It's when Susan Francisco pulls into the parking lot at the police station to bring her husband some lunch and air freshener. The actress's hair is sticking out from the base of her bald alien head at the neck slash collar line mm-hmm. as she parks the car. Yep. And as soon as I said it, sunlight hit it. And you can see and the you saw, It was just a few strands. But you can see it. But I'm like, either she's growing a little bit of you know, <laughs> hair on the back of her head. Well, you know, when you are on the planet for a while, I guess you adapt and I evolve. Guess. So It was just weird because it, I don't know how that little bit of hair would have gotten out through the cap. Well, it, it did. I mean, because you clearly oh, you could definitely that see sun it. hits it, and there's like four or five strands, and it's long, and it curls upward. Yeah, and another observation I had, and my brother thought about it too. Um, they have a lot of their their necks are really wrinkled. Oh, in the back. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the prosthetic, obviously. Well, I know, but but I don't think it looks too bad. I mean, you know, we have more of a front. You know, like folds in our neck and stuff. Well, that's if you're 400 pounds, but I mean... <laughs> but you know that. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm, no, but yeah, well, it's funny because Michael mentioned it and I noticed that exactly <laughs> because there was a scene with George looking up a stair and it just rippled in the back of his <laughs> neck. And I'm like, I thought it, but Michael said it. But see, that's where you can... Maybe the the, the cap kind of had a crease in it and the hair... F- I don't know. No, no, through, no you're you know? right. Yeah, it can definitely... That's what I'm trying to think, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely can happen. All right, so that's going to do it for behind the scenes. And unfortunately, we don't have any fun newcomer names. There were no real. There's only that one newcomer woman, and her name was Diane. So um, I mean, she didn't. Have we could say Diane Sawyer or something. We can make up. <laughs> we can make up. We something. can make it up if you yes. want us to. We can make it up. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, we don't have any newcomer names in this episode. Hopefully, we'll have some next episode. We will. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you all right, sir? Great. Real neat. Think it's a gas? Right, babe. Put your foot in your mouth. <laughs> this has a lot of potential. <laughs> Yo. All right, you can find Alienation Podcast all over the internet. We have a Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash alienation podcast. You also can reach us at Twitter at alienation cast yes and you can do my personal twitter at geeky fanboy you can do my personal twitter at master jedi 1975 that's right so uh, drop us a line follow us and say hi to us we also have a website which is alienationpodcast.com you can go there you can find all our show notes uh anything plot descriptions the i mean i put them almost everything on there so definitely check it out so we're not hiding anything stop by and leave us a comment yes comments if you have any thoughts on this episode or you just want to drop us a line or... Yeah, we love getting comments from people. You know, you can reach us at uh, alienationpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we love getting stuff. So if you guys want to send us we're starting. We're starting to see it. I've, I've seen... Uh, I got it. We have a question. We, we definitely have... Yeah, we've been getting uh, comments on our Facebook page. Yeah, We're getting tweets and so it's fun it's fun to see uh, so we're very our listener audience growing so and i'm very happy that you guys are listening because we enjoy doing it i mean <laughs> my brother it. really we would do it. we would do it regardless if nobody is listening yeah i mean even if we had our 10 listeners we would do it but our numbers have been steadily growing uh, every podcast and it's just so good that word's getting out there that there is an alienation podcast and the old school fans are finding it and uh 
really enjoying it. So, uh, but speaking of reviews, we uh, on iTunes you can leave us reviews, and if you leave us a review there, that actually throws us into charts, so it makes us more aware, more, more noticeable. So people will see us in the top two hundred podcasts, and we like to be noticed. <laughs> it just gets more listeners and more listeners. exposure. It, sp- it spreads the alienation love because, like I said, this is a twenty year old series, and most people who were born. 20 years ago, don't know this series. Right. You know, I mean, the older generation, yes, they do. But I think this series is so good and it holds up so well, even in 2012, that everybody needs to see this series. So we're trying oh, to spread alienation. Yeah, and I hope there are younger, oh, yeah. a younger audience out there. You know, if you are in your mid-20s and you, because you really don't know what this series yeah. is about, drop us a line. You oh, know? definitely. We'd love to we'll hear. We'll tell you from... where to get access to, you yeah. know, uh, movies or books or whatever you need you know let us know yeah all right well that's gonna do it for this episode hopefully you guys enjoyed episode five the takeover but before we go always remember it's always good to have a spare heart and ain't that the truth (laughs) don't shoot it susan george get the hell back here we're not gonna have very many options what's going on i smelled the ark again i stopped they used on the ship susan is being controlled by the art again. What are we talking about? She's pumped with that gas that the overseers use to control their cargo. Oh, yeah, kind of like why they chained my great-grandfather on a slave ship. She'll do whatever she's told. Obey the command of one voice. And that voice doesn't seem to want us around. So when does this stuff wear off? From what we know, a small amount produces a chain reaction. It could be hours or days, depending on the concentration. The critics, audience, and fans alike demanded more. So Geeks the Musical returns to the Right Act Repertory Theater in Hollywood this summer. Geeks the Musical is exactly like the experience that is the Comic-Con, and it gets better and more amazing each time you visit. This regeneration has both new and old faces to phaser blast their way into your hearts with a brand new beat and more than fantastic four moves to match. We're betting you're going to want to cosplay us at the next con. Geeks the Musical Redo, playing at the Right Act Repertory Theater in Hollywood, June 9th through July 8th, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. Tickets available at geeksthemusical.com or plays411.com and brownpapertickets.com. Group rates available. Be square, be there. Join Geeks the Musical now at geeksthemusical.com or voice us your reservations at 323-469-3113. That's 323-469-3113. All characters portrayed are fictional, even though you see them daily at the con. Fantasy and sci-fi physics still do not work, though a lot of fun to try. These and time turners will avoid your admission ticket. Repeated explosion geeks will result in rapid exhalation accompanied by sounds similar to repeatedly saying ha. See our website for the latest character hit point levels and spell casting required. Geeksthemusical.com. All rights reserved. Hello, Dan here. Well, you have impeccable taste since you're listening to this wonderful podcast. It's one of my favourites too. If you feel that you could squeeze another show into your regular listening though, why don't you give mine a go? It's called Out of Range and I talk about the things I love. Everything from geeky TV, classic toys and brand new technology and gadgets. You may find something you like or be introduced to something you've never heard of. Search for Out of Range in iTunes or go to the website at dangelous.com slash out of range. I'd love to hear from you. Happy listening. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. 
In clinical studies, anomalies interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly Podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over the counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and Blackberry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A N O M A L Y podcast.com. Just one one hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by jewelbeat.com. Alien Nation, the newcomer's podcast, is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved. And here's the upper... <laughs> Bringing George's lunch and... Ron Flasier? Is that Fassler? Yeah. Fassler? Uh, in this episode, human body odor in close... Cr- he- or you can do my personal Twitter. <laughs> Twitter? And unfortunately, we don't have any fun new cam.